Hello, friends and neighbors, and welcome to Happy Birthday. Who cares? Hey, it's our podcast. How's it going? We're back. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Uh, Ooh, it's been a while. Has it? It's been a while. I feel like it's been a good... That's my shout out to Conley Boom Bang. <laughs> <laughs> a couple, two weeks since we did the last podcast. It was before our big party. It's been busy. Yeah, feels busy. Feel a little organized. Feel a little more organized. What's going on in our lives? Uh, like what? <laughs> what um, have you been up to? I've been busy with work and I've gotten back into stained glass and uh, yeah. we had a birthday party and oh, we, did. we had a house guest and we had some out of town visitors outside of that and I was sick too. So, hey. That's, that's a lot. Hey, everybody. Well, now that we've uh, wrapped up what we've been up to, Whew. let's move on. <laughs> let's go to bed. <laughs> Let, let's talk about some of those things. Oh, totally. So, we had a pretty kick-ass birthday party. Uh, no total strangers showed up at her house, but some... Which was a slight bummer. Some semi-strangers showed up. Some... I, I'd like to see some of you strangers sometime. Yeah. But some people showed up that I was not expecting. Not Like who? For example, those two people that we went to their house party in... Oh, but I invited them. But what's their names? Heather and Chris. Thank you. Heather and Chris showed up. I did not expect them because you invited them. They were out of my... Sphere. Yeah, yeah, but I'm glad that they came and Me I too. want to see them again. Yeah. Was there anyone else in the list that was unexpected? Well, four people that do not live in this state showed up. Oh, that's true. Was it just four? It was it four. Was Jay, Fifi, uh, Tinny, and Yark. Is that right? Yes. And they were visitors from California. Good old and friends they of ours. Did not tell us they were showing up, and it was a wonderful birthday present. It was very surprising. I miss those drop ins. When people you don't see, but I don't expect them to be from out of state. Yeah. The next day, pretty great. we got together with those people and our other friends, and we just had casual hangs. Just like old times. Yeah. Feels good, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, friends need, are good to have. My takeaway from that party was that we just need to have more get-togethers. Yeah, we probably do. But with less than like 40 people in our house at yeah. the time. Yeah. I want to just hang out with like five or six, maybe for other people besides us? I don't know if other people feel this way, but I feel like getting critical mass for socializing is very hard. And I've been in that situation where you invite, you know, eight or 10 people over and only one or two show up and it's weird and awkward. Maybe that's just me. I'm not so good at, at the one-on-one kind of socializing. So I always tend to overcompensate and invite a ton of people. I know that you wanted to do regular crafting nights here mm-hmm. or maybe rotating at other people's houses as well. Like what's the perfect crafting night number, including you? Well, it depends on how much room you have in your house. But I'd say for us, probably, I don't know, eight or 10 people. Eight or 10. So That might be too much. I yeah, would that say, feels big. <laughs> I'd say a minimum of four or five. Yeah. I feel if like three people showed up. No. And you had four people total, it'd be okay. But maybe you disagree. When you have three or four people there, the conversation tends to be fairly intimate. And then you really have to make sure that those people get along well. Hmm. I take a lot of responsibility as a host. <laughs> You're a good host. Um, for a while, I was doing a game night where the same three people would show up mm-hmm. every week. And that's fun because you know those people very well. Yeah. The conversation is intimate, like you said. And it's mostly just like a... I'm hanging out with these three people every week. Yep. And I kind of killed it because I didn't want the responsibility of hosting it every week. Mm-hmm. 
but then also I wanted more of a different like a drop in kind of vibe. Yeah. 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 And I, I, my plan was to say, I'm going to end this one and I'm going to start this other thing. And then I kind of never started the other thing. So it's still in my mind that I want to do it, but I haven't figured out how to do it yet. You'll do it. I'll do it. You'll do it. (laughs) You have confidence in me. Is there anything else you remember from the party that you think was particularly interesting? Oh, the outdoor patio certainly got over. Yeah, we uh, our patio is finished and it is lovely and people hung out out there and it was nice. Even though it was cold, people still seem to enjoy it. Uh, a funny thing to learn about Valerie is that she does not believe that outside heating is a thing that should be allowed by humanity. <laughs> We've discussed this before. <laughs> Have we talked about this? It's basically playing God. So <laughs> you were really <laughs> offended by it. We turned on that heater if you'll notice when you came out, everyone was huddled under the heater and then you came out and you're like, what's this bullshit? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> a front, an affront to nature. Uh, Go inside if you want heat. <laughs> no, I, I've partaken in outdoor heat. It's mm, fine. Okay. It's, I, it's very easy to cast judgment on though. Would you feel more supportive of outdoor heat if it were say? Solar powered? Yes. Okay. Solar powered. How about if you were burning logs like a fire? Yeah, I guess so. And I guess there's no good reason for that to be better. Because <laughs> it's already there. Yeah. Wood was already outside. You just, just asked to be fire. burned. But okay, so I'll, I'll do one more. We had a propane tank with a metal craft furnace, right? All those things originated outside. Well, everything originated outside. <laughs> right, exactly. So now, including now they're, plastics they're perfectly acceptable <laughs> weirdo based on those arbitrary criteria besides it being a birthday party which of course you knew it was a party of all the holidays of the year that was the secret a party of parties the secret theme of but this we year's party we didn't really maybe pull it off as much as i had hoped we did but we had valentines and yep. we had sparklers true and we had whiskey for, wait for hold on <laughs> hold on we had sparklers for fourth of july uh we had whiskey for international drunkard day since st patrick's day i assume um what there else were shamrocks we on the wall next to the liquor what else did we have slightly racist oh we had an easter egg hunt that was oh, the best yeah, part yeah that's right we had an easter egg hunt the grand prize was found by Chad, who was a surprise for showing up. Yeah, that, that was, was another awesome. one. Chad and his trophy son. <laughs> so Chad is Chad is this guy who I went to uh, like freshman year of high school with, and he's still friends with a bunch of my old friends, even though I haven't seen him since yeah. I was fourteen or whatever. Yeah. And then it turns out that Randall was in the Portland Metal Bowling League with him. Yeah, I had not known this guy, and I think he saw me on Facebook and was like are you married to Valerie? And it turned out that it was that weird relationship that you had known each other or at least been aware of each other from Grass Valley. Is that correct? Yeah, Grass Valley, Nevada City. The other thing was he won the grand prize of the Easter egg hunt, and that was a box of Hello Kitty candies. Sanrio-themed snacks. Yeah, I didn't unfortunately get a good opportunity to look at that box. I think it was just like, you know, like themed Pocky and stuff like that. I saw a uh, soda. Yeah. There was a soda in there. Did it look worth the dollar amount we paid for it? I think so. It was a nice presentation. I would like to have one myself. So if you see one down the road at, you know, if you're at Cost Plus or whatever, and it's sponsored by Cost Plus, 
and they're on sale, you can feel free to buy one for me for Christmas or something. We also recorded a bunch of people telling stories at the party. Yeah, that was a nice gift. For this here podcast. But it turns out that editing a bunch of other people talking is really quite difficult. How much time have you spent on that so far? Oh, an hour or two. And we're not even close to... Not even close. No. My hope was that that would be the next podcast, but in retrospect, that was probably a foolhardy uh, endeavor. Um, So one day we'll get it. And then at one point, there'll be, by next birthday, (laughs) there'll be those podcasts coming out, maybe. So Randall, outside of what we did these past couple weeks, what have you been enjoying in life lately? I want to say wrestling. Uh, I know I talk about wrestling a lot, but this time I have something that I really am enjoying in wrestling. I woke up the other day feeling like a panic a panic attack that I wasn't watching enough wrestling. Uh, bear with me. <laughs> I had a bit of a like FOMO moment where I was like, there've been several new Japan shows. There've been a few WWE NXT shows and pay-per-view shows. There've even been like AEW started and I haven't seen most any of it. And mostly because we were doing stuff. This party took up a bunch of our time. We were traveling before. Also, it's a ridiculous time in professional wrestling. It truly is. Uh, Like, there's more good actual stuff out there than probably there ever has been, maybe in our lives. If you took all of the televised wrestling alone, and then we have the added complication or joy of having good local wrestling available. And not to mention, I went to wrestling when we went when i went to la for work but that being said we made some time just this weekend to actually go through and watch some of the new japan shows that have happened in the last month i'd say and i feel like the fomo part is left and i'm catching up with it and the thing that i want to say i've really enjoyed was the month of September and possibly October in New Japan. If you're thinking about getting into wrestling as like uh, you need another hobby (laughs) or you feel like you are not excited by TV or sports, if you're a sports fan and like maybe baseball is not doing it for you. You're looking for some uh, oil-based dude to entertain me? Yeah. Let's say you want a show that has both athleticism and also drama. And sex appeal. Well, I don't know. New Japan sex appeal is... Oh, it's okay. It's there. I'll admit to it. <laughs> I'll admit it's there. There's some sex appeal. It, in a non-traditional, I would say, if you are looking for scantily clad women sex appeal as a man, uh, you're not really going to get it in New Japan with maybe two exceptions. Um, for the most part, you just have to be satisfied with uh, looking at Kodo Ibushi. <laughs> and who isn't, really? Wondering what it would be like to just hang out with him for a while and <laughs> see what's going on. The perfect on. man. Yeah. Yeah. So I would thoroughly recommend checking out some New Japan. And you have a good opportunity right now because of the internet to go just on YouTube and look at some free matches from them. And this is the moment in the podcast where I announce where we're sponsored by New Japan. Oh, man, that would be so great. (laughs) Can you imagine? That would be so cool. And also, the last thing I'll say about it is we are going to go to another New Japan event next month in November. 
So and the I'm big kinda, boys are coming. Yeah, and I'm kind of like ramping up my interest mm-hmm. towards November. I'm trying to keep momentum going. So that's the other thing, and that's what I've enjoyed. Is there something you want to share with us that you've enjoyed recently? Maybe a show or a record that you've heard? I hate to talk about TV all the time, but I really enjoyed this season of Succession. Succession on HBO, Which ended last night. Yes. Uh, I know everybody's been talking about it, and I know that it's a show about horrible people, but it is so entertaining. It was created by one of the guys who created Peep Show, uh, Who's that? The yeah. Mitchell and Webb um, show in oh, the yeah. UK. And it's got that sort of same level of human frailty and discomfort and egotism. And it's just, for whatever reason, it's hilarious to me. The part that I really enjoy about it is these people are the mega rich. They're the richest people like you can be. But they're so pathetic and sad. They are the worst people at the same It's like It's like if... You wanted to hope that being wealthy wouldn't make you any happier. This show is a show that tries to do it. Uh, The characters are all fucked up beyond belief. Um, And the acting is fantastic. I think that that show is really the story of the Murdoch family. I don't know about Murdoch children, but yeah, it's essentially a Murdoch Trump Disney empire. Yeah. I'm really enjoying uh, Kieran Culkin as Roman, who is just like the weaseliest weasel, and yet you like him anyway. It's weird how some gross person can be my favorite, but it's happening again and again in this show. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I like that. That's all I got. That's good, though. Yeah. So we recommend our recommendations coming out of this podcast are check out New Japan on youtube if you don't want to pay any money and check out the session wherever you get your hbo fix i guess basically spend more time in front of your screens don't go out unless you have a kick-ass patio in your backyard or a really hot date yeah (laughs) wait what (laughs) what are you talking about so it was our birthday and this is a show about birthdays and i just want to quickly acknowledge that we got a lot of happy birthday wishes either from people face-to-face, on the internet, and it was all really sweet, and I wanted to say thanks. Just thank you. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Thanks for making me, at least, I'll speak for myself, making me feel appreciated for that one day in the year and feeling like a special boy. You are a very special boy. I don't know if you feel the same way when you get those birthday wishes. I'm one of those people who always feels a little bit awkward when people are paying attention to me. Oh, I definitely feel that too. <clears throat> but at the same time, I really do appreciate it. And more than that, I'm just super happy about the displays of friendship. I feel grateful. Uh, you know, we had people visit. We had uh, we had my friend Kelly come and visit the week before. We had lots of people just show up at our house yeah. wanting to have a good time with us. I hope that anyone who didn't get the opportunity to come... You feel like maybe we could get together, you and I, and uh, them could get together. We'd like to see you. Basically, friends are the best, and thanks for being you. As always, I'd like to quickly remind everyone that if you want to reach out to us, you can. And on that is on Twitter or Instagram at HBWC Podcast, on email at happybirthdaywhocares at gmail.com, or you can text or call us and leave a message at... 501-420-HBWC. Valerie, will you tell us what the 
event is for this week's podcast? This is a dark one. It is. On October 1st in 1957, the drug thalidomide was launched. Ooh, thalidomide. So tell us about thalidomide, Randall. Yeah. So thalidomide, I want to keep calling it thalidomide. So if I say thalidomide, just say you said thalidomide and we'll, we'll just move on from there. All right. Thalidomide was first marketed in 1957, as you said, in West Germany under the trade name Contragen. I think it's Contragen. Contergen? Contergen? Oh, yeah. Contergen. The German drug company Chema Grunenthal developed and sold this drug, and it was primarily prescribed as a sedative or a hypnotic. It was also claimed to cure anxiety, insomnia, gastritis, and tension. Afterwards, it was later used to treat nausea and alleviate morning sickness in pregnant women which is, of course, the big deal about this thing. And thalidomide became an over-the-counter drug available without a prescription in West Germany on October 1st, 1957. And by 1960, it was marketed in 46 countries with sales nearly matching those of aspirin. Wow. I hadn't realized that it was over-the-counter in West Germany. I think it was always prescribed in the United States, but even so. Yeah. The description of thalidomide without what we find out later in this story, it sounds pretty fucking great. Well, it sounds fantastic. Let's talk about what happened with thalidomide and why it's a big deal. What happened with thalidomide was women would take it for morning sickness and they discovered after a few cycles of women having babies, Mm. that it resulted in some major deformities. Uh, Shortly after the drug was sold in West Germany, between 5,000 and 7,000 infants were born with phocamelia. Is that how you pronounce that? I think so. It's the malformation of limbs and uh, other deformities. Uh, Only 40% of those children survived. Throughout the world, about 10,000 cases were reported of infants with phocamelia, Due to thalidomide, only 50% of the 10,000 survived. So that is a huge fatality rate. And yeah. even if you survived, it was a very life-altering yeah, the, existence. You had to basically live on <clears throat> with this thing to overcome the rest of your life. Those exposed to thalidomide in utero developed limb deformities where either limbs were not developed or presented themselves as stumps. Other defects included malformed eyes and hearts, deformed gastrointestinal and urinary tracts, blindness, and deafness. So it was pretty major. Yeah. In March 1962, the drug was banned in most countries where it was previously sold. So it only took uh, about five years for this whole going on the market, finding out what it does, yeah, withdrawing it. I guess it feels like a long time to me. It does. I, but can you imagine the first crop of babies that was born like that? And everybody's going, what the hell is this? Yeah, it took like nine, it took, would take nine months, right? After probably you started for this to really be noticed. And then it just keeps happening and happening and happening. And you're like, what is the common? It's yeah. almost like some sort of disease track. Right. Way, I bet they know? thought it was a virus at first. Yeah. I wish I had looked up a little bit more of like what the process was and discovering that this was what was happening, but let's not, let's just just agree not to look at any more information on this terrible thing that happened. 
Randall, have you ever taken a drug that was recalled? Uh, I looked through the list of recalled drugs and I've taken drugs that have been then later scheduled like uh, Sudafed, I wanted to say. You mm-hmm. know? Um, I know I've had friends who took the Fenfen. Yeah, me too. And the sad part was they all had the same opinion, which was it was rad. Right. And uh, totally worked. I worked nonstop. <laughs> but then dying of a heart attack is not yeah. exactly uh, worth it. Or maybe it is. I don't know. But no, I haven't. Have you ever taken a drug that was later recalled? I took some variation of Fenfen, mm-hmm. uh, but only like I had I had a like a week long dose as opposed to like a long term thing. I don't even remember where I got it. It was like some gray market thing. Someone had a prescription, maybe. Yeah. And they were like, oh, you should try this. And I was like, oh, that sounds great. And I did. But I didn't stick with it. And I didn't have a prescription. And I don't think I have any problems related to it. No. But um, Your heart feels healthy? It seems okay. Yeah. It seems all right. I, I've also taken, uh, there was some kind of sinus medication from the 80s that I took that was then recalled. But I don't think it was one of those. I mean, lots of things get recalled for of side effects it doesn't necessarily have yeah. to be a catastrophic or a bad thing. batch yeah most of the things that in that regard are usually food in my life that have happened yeah know? but not necessarily drugs so much i'm looking at you trader joe's lettuce <laughs> was it spinach was it, it spinach or lettuce i think it was like mix uh salad mixtures and it was not just trader joe's i i shouldn't say that because i love trader joe's <laughs> but um no it was uh, everybody from a, a large swath of farms i just remembered it was romaine not not, oh, uh, that's not right, Spanish. romaine. It was romaine lettuce, which was a bummer because I was eating just romaine lettuce for salads for the longest time. You're lucky that didn't kill you. Yeah, right. Speaking of Sudafed, this whole thing is like some drugs I understand very clearly that can be abused or if you use them on the regular, you will have some terrible problem and that's fine. But this is like the one of the only things where I'm like, this feels a little nanny state to me that we can't buy Sudafed whenever we want. And I even hate the term nanny state, quite <laughs> honestly. I'm not thrilled at that, me saying it, but I can't think of another, I'm a very, very, I would say socialist <laughs> kind of person. Mostly pretty left-wing. Mostly left-wing. But the one thing that bothers me is that I can't buy as much Sudafed as I want at any time. Well, you've seen Breaking Bad, right? Yeah, but I'm not making it. I feel like if I can get a background check to go get through airport security fast that I could probably get a background check for Sudafed. Also the fact that we can go to Washington or California and buy Sudafed with restrictions, but still buy it. But we can't in Oregon because Oregon is just too methy. It's a weird, like Oregon people can't be stopped stopped from making methamphetamine. They have to do it. I mean, is there way more meth meth addicted people in Oregon than other States? I feel like the perception of that is yes, but I don't know if the reality is know. true. I don't know enough about it, and I'm not going to research it, so sorry. <laughs> anyway, the the long and the short of it is I want Sudafed. Give it to me right Sudafed now. Sudafed is great, and it's a good thing we live so close to Washington. I'm going to take it right now, real quick. You and I take a fair number of prescriptions on the reg. Yes. How many prescriptions do you have at this point, just roughly? Uh, I probably take maybe three maybe four prescription drugs on a regular basis yeah and that's not just because we're getting old yeah several of those were from you know my teens i've been yeah i've been taking the same three i guess pills 
since my 20s. And uh, then just recently I've gotten a prescription for Ambien, which is awesome. The best. Shout out to Ambien real quick. Shout out to Shopping Oh, by the way, this uh, podcast is sponsored by Ambien now. Just fulfill your dreams with Ambien. About three or four, I would say. Tripton and the regular guys. What do you think that these pills are doing to us? Do you think we're secretly taking a thalidomide right now and we're going to find out down the road? I often think about that. Yeah. And when I take the drugs that I take, which are important for me to take, I think about the trade-off if something like that is happening, if there's some interaction happening that I don't realize, that doctors don't realize, uh, if there is some long-term effect from usage. And I think to myself that it's worth it. Yeah, the quality of life thing seems to be worth it. The one pill that I wanted to talk about very specifically is one that we both take and that's the migraine pills mm-hmm. um the triptans that we take the fact that those exist my entire life i could have been taking these and i would have had i would say a significantly improved childhood at the very least when did you start college. taking them uh i didn't get them until i want to say it's probably been like in between 15 and 20 years half my life but I've had migraines since I was seven, six. Yeah. So it's like I would have just been taking them then or something as opposed to taking nothing, which is what I took. I think about it in terms of like there have been periods in my life where I've had multiple migraines per week. And I literally would have had to have gone on like disability because yeah. I couldn't function without the drugs. Yeah. And maybe that's a reflection on society and career and uh, the way our culture works, but, um, truly I am not sorry to have the drugs. Yeah. I wish we lived in a society where if you had some sort of problem, you could take care of your problem as opposed to feeling like you're gonna lose lose your your house and lose your job, lose your everything for it. I am sincerely happy that that kind of thing exists to allow us to function. I'd like to talk about the brain drugs I'm on. Um, and I have been on Prozac since I was about 22 years old. It changed my life. It really did. And I don't think that it, it means that I was a broken person before, but I had some brain chemistry issues that were really holding me back. And I still take it to this day. I've tried other brain drugs, and some of those have had some scary side effects for me. They haven't really worked. I know they work for other people. Great. But I'm just... um super grateful that I kind of feel like I should be hoarding drugs for the apocalypse because if society broke down and suddenly I didn't have access to the pharmaceuticals that I basically need to function, that would be the end of me. Can I ask you about the drug you were just talking about, which Prozac Prozac somehow escaped my brain immediately. Does Prozac make you feel different in that it, takes away some feelings from you how would you describe how it makes you feel differently it's funny because prozac is now sort of considered a very old school psych drug there's lots of new things that other people take since then that haven't really worked that great for me Mm -hmm. but for me it was like i didn't realize it until after i started taking it but i had been suffering from almost literally constant anxiety and depression Mm-hmm. through my whole life. And so suddenly having the feeling that I could think clearly 
and weigh options and consequences without this sort of impending sense of doom was incredible. It made me feel incredibly capable and smart and strong like I had not before. Mm. And basically just not a, a slave to my emotions. I feel like I felt that sense of dread a lot in mm-hmm. my life. And I wonder if everyone has some of that, but then like maybe you had it extra. I think that people have it two degrees. And I think that some people only have it in certain period, certain periods or certain circumstances of their lives. Like I know my dad had anxiety late in his life and I don't think he had ever experienced it before. And I could tell because he was really shocked by it. But for me, it was just a, an everyday fact of living. A constant. Yeah. And so I think people just have different degrees. And some yeah. people don't ever really, doesn't really affect them. And, you know, good for them. Yeah. I don't know what that's like. Yeah. Some days I feel like maybe I should try something like that myself. Mm-hmm. But then it kind of goes away. And then I go, well, it kind of went away on its own. Or can you take Prozac and then go back off it? Or something you have to continually it's, do? It's more of an ongoing kind of thing. Um, there are drugs you can take to alleviate anxiety in the moment and um, and alleviate depression in the moment too. But for me, it just, it turned out it was like a basic part of my chemistry that mm. needed to be addressed pretty much constantly. But absolutely, if it's, if it's something that affects you once in a while, there are drugs for that too. Mm. I know when I was going through some of the more severe gut stuff, I was feeling super anxious and you gave me a Ativan Ativan and the sense of I'm probably going to die went away real quick. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it was pretty great. It's pretty important not to be struggling with feelings of literally the world ending. Yeah. Um, I went from feeling like, well, probably this is it to feeling like you're just, you just have gas, dude. That's what's <laughs> happening. You have, <laughs> you ate too many hot peppers. <laughs> you should probably not. <laughs> That's an interesting uh, change of view for sure. The coolest part about any of these drugs and the fact that they work for people, even though it's always, of course, like what's right for me might not be right for you and they vary and every situation is different. But the fact that you can go from feeling like, holy shit, I'm going to die to, oh, it's just that and I think I'm going to be okay. And just the contrast between those two feelings and knowing that that contrast exists can make it so much easier the next time you start feeling that. Yeah, you can you can kind of head it off. Yeah. Knowing that you can feel better and knowing what to expect is always always a relief. Totally. I'll I'll go back to it my with my gut thing when it was brand new it was like holy shit what is this? And now that it's kind of like less less painful and more expected it's kind of like well that's a thing. And I'm still going to go to the doctor. Don't get me wrong. I still have a specialist appointment, but it's I'm, it's not a constant feeling of panic about it. And there's also just where you recognize that the feeling is the feeling, but it's not you. Yeah. Yeah. That's an important one. Anyway, this has been Mental Health Chat with I think that Randall. <laughs> the biggest takeaway from this is that some drugs are awesome. It's true. Yeah. And some drugs are not. Not less awesome. Um, there is one more, actually, speaking of drugs being awesome, there is a an actual positive from this outcome. Tell me. Well, the negative effects of thalidomide 
led to the development of a more structured regulation of drugs mm -hmm. and control over drug use and development in many countries. Specifically in the United States, the new regulations strengthen the FDA, the Federal Drug Administration, um, by requiring applicants to prove uh, applicants for drug manufacturers to prove efficacy. So basically, they had to prove their drug did. It's what not they, snake oil. Yeah, they had to prove their drug did what they said, and to disclose all side effects uh, encountered in testing. I think I read that they had an idea that this had caused birth defects, but just kind of threw away the results during the testing. And then lastly, despite how bad thalidomide was for pregnant women, it's been approved for by the FDA to be used today for two specific things, and that's the treatment of leprosy. Hansen's disease. Hansen's disease, Thank yes. Thank you. And <laughs> like the terrible soda. And for cancer. Sure. If something works for something, then great. Keep using it for that. Yeah. But obviously, they know very well to avoid either if you're going to be pregnant or if you are pregnant. I think up until that point, they did not know the, the possibilities of catastrophe between um, a mother and a fetus. Yeah. The connectivity yeah. between them. I think we have a much better understanding of that. I'm not a scientist or doctor, but I... My awareness is that that's the case. How do you feel about vaccines, Randall? I am pro-vaccine, yeah, <laughs> one, one million percent. Me too. If uh, you are anti-vaccine and anti-vaxxer, you probably should just turn this podcast off right yeah, now. Yeah, probably. If you can't have vaccines because of, you know, some compromised immuno issue, that's fine. The rest of us will do it for you. Yeah, but definitely, yes. One thing that this whole discussion and reading about this topic made me feel or think about was... My grandparents were very much proud when they didn't have to take medicine. My mom is like that as well. They're roughly the same kind of age. Yeah, right? not a, a decade or so off, but yeah. Um, but pretty close to the same. And I wonder if it comes from the fact that there wasn't this strong FDA in their life where drugs could just come out and and they'd just be like, I'll whatever you know yeah. hopefully this does what we say but maybe it doesn't i can only imagine that you know this happened when my mom was probably approaching adolescence and so she would have heard about this right as she was getting into childbearing age yeah and i'm sure that was terrifying yeah the idea of you taking a pill that could have a 50 percent chance of killing your baby is pretty scary stuff for sure it's awful um but yeah, it's uh, it never stopped me from taking drugs. No, <laughs> we didn't get this lesson. We we grew up late enough that the FDA was strong enough, and hopefully remains as such. Right. Well, that's. I mean, I feel like that's very generous of you. <laughs> I hope. I hope that's the case. I feel like there must have been some sort of other terrible things that happened through drug releases, but oh, my yeah. research is not that good tons tell us about, something tell about, us about baby them. aspirin or something like oh, that oh well there was the whole like tampering tylenol maybe. poisoning yeah yeah but that was tampering really it's been a, a lot of other i yeah. mean yeah it's easy for me to say i hope they do a good job because that's what i hope <laughs> they do a good job yeah i hope our government cares yeah. about us too one anecdote from this is i was talking with grandma last week and she's going on a cruise my grandma's turning 85 next month 
Uh, shout out to grandma. I love you very much. If you're listening, there's no chance. She has no idea what a podcast is. <laughs> I tried to explain it to her and I, I got as far as like, it's like the radio. That was my explanation. It's like the radio. Anyway, uh, she told me that she's having problems eating milk products lately. That's as far as she got into it. She didn't explain what the problems were, that okay. she's having problems. My grandma's super demure, I guess. What is she going to tell you? Like, no, she's a, like, yeah, I'm having bad gas. Nope. No way. I don't think she would ever admit to that in her entire life. But I told her about lactate. Mm-hmm. And she was like, that's a thing? And I'm like, you don't know about lactate? <laughs> like, what is, does she have like, she has like drug commercial blindness. Like she watches TV and doesn't see it as soon as I come on the air. I think that advances in medicine are one of the very few things our society has going for it. Yeah, right. Uh, but anyway, good news. She uh, said she was going to buy lactate and she's going to eat as much ice cream as she wants. Good for her. Yeah, I hope she does. I hope she has a good, uh, a good cruise. If you could make one magic pill, not one magic pill, but if you could magic a pill into existence mm-hmm. that would serve any purpose and then you could have an unlimited supply of it. Yep. What would it do? Uh, our magic powers in in the realm of possibility are we talking about like it would have to do something you could reasonably assume that a pill would uh, yeah do. i think it has to be some a, a condition that already exists so i couldn't take a pill and suddenly i'd be an x or something yeah like no that. no uh it would have to be related so i think the answer to this is a, i take a pill and then i would eat could eat whatever i wanted <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Like you take a pill, a fat pill, basically, basically fen fen. What I'm saying mm-hmm, is fen fen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but but not a heart attack, right? What about you? What do you think your magic pill would be? I should have I should have thought about this more. There's a bunch of other things I would have picked. I was thinking, oh, maybe it would be just like a happiness pill, or maybe it would be a, uh, you know, a perfect physical fitness kind of pill. Yeah, but really. I think it might be like a supercharged brain capacity pill. What was that movie with Bradley Cooper where he took that super pill and Didn't became a genius? It. Limitless. Hmm. Basically, you just described the movie Limitless that you didn't see. And I'm guessing that something bad happened at the end of that. He becomes like a super government agent at the end, I think, after all. He doesn't die or anything. That sounds like a shitty outcome. <laughs> it's turned out to be the true story of the real Bradley Cooper. He's a super genius. Yeah. That's a pretty good one. I like that one. I, I probably should have picked like it immediately cured my whatever cancer you have. You know, that would have been a good one. Right. Or uh, reversed aging would have been a good yeah. option too. Age suspension. I didn't think about it well enough. So It's all right. We'll, we'll ask you again next week. If you have an idea, you out there in the podcast land have an idea for the perfect not quite magic but super pill that you could take what would your super pill pill be i'd like to hear it and then lastly i have one more question yes if you could take only one medication into the apocalypse like only we're, one. we're living in the mad max world but you have access to this one medication what would it be toradol shot Oh, that is that the <laughs> is that the special migraine super shot? Toradol shot is a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory uh, in a shot form 
that you could uh, inject into yourself. And I would describe it as if nothing else is working for migraine pain or you have any pain whatsoever in your body, that's not a stroke, I guess. You can get this shot and it goes away. It was that good for you. It was that good. I got that shot when I had a migraine that was, Jesus Christ, it was like a week. Yeah. A week of migraine. And I went to the urgent care and was like, what can you do? And they gave me this shot and it was like, oh, I had like knee pain. I had a little bit of pain in my elbow, like my neck. And it was gone. It was just immediately gone. And it cured that headache in about 15 minutes. So I'm just saying, Randall, you would take that over antibiotics? Yes. You'd take that over opiates? Yes. All right. Because uh, the other things I wouldn't care about, and they'd probably just kill me off, right? Like, Yeah, all right. I don't want to solve every problem. I just want to feel good while I'm going through the apocalypse. That's fair. You're going to need some heavy-duty painkillers for your crossbow shooting and your thunderdome fights yep what about you what would that pill be i made a pretty strong argument for mine you want to pick that one too no because i've also had that that shot and it didn't wasn't as good for you no it was fine it helped with migraine but it wasn't like revelatory in some way Mm. so yeah i'd probably take a like an opiate style painkiller or Mm -hmm. and or uh a serious antibiotic just I don't know if I'd really want to survive, but the feeling of when you're when you're dying of pneumonia. Yeah, that's got to be bad. That's got to be a real bummer. Yeah. But maybe if I had opiates instead, I wouldn't really care. I guess I was really thinking about Thunderdome. I really had a Thunderdome visualization Oh, and you were visualization really, in mind. really looking for the sports medicine yeah, aspect I was like, of it? Would it be steroids or human growth Ooh, hormone? steroids are good too, yeah. yeah. It, w- it would be something that would make me um, be able to take on uh, Master Blaster. Probably. Right. Yeah. We don't need another hero around <laughs> Thank you very much. Oh, man. I guess that's it. Yeah. This was a kind of dark episode, but I think we covered it pretty well. This is where I pat us on the back for having a good episode. Well done. Before we're even done. Yeah, I think we're good. Keep in touch. We're going to um, try to get back to our regular schedule and sure. talk to you next week. Uh, please rate, review, and or subscribe if you haven't. And thank you. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. We don't need another hero.